0: Good evening and welcome in to episode number two of this weekend high school sports. Trevor Mater and Kramer Sansone with you for the next hour as we get you ready and recap all the action in the high school sports world in northwest Missouri and a little bit of southwest Iowa as well. And we'll look ahead to this week including a big matchup tonight that will take place at Bearcat Stadium between Chillicothe and the Maryville Spoofhounds. You can hear that on X106, Wyatt Bell and Colton Emsweiler.com will be on the call for that one. As I mentioned, I'm joined by Kramer Sansone. Kramer, how are we doing? Uh, a lot of high school sports action here this past week with football, volleyball, a little bit of golf as well, I believe. And uh, we're kind of into the thick of fall sports now.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's an exciting time for uh, high school sports because it seems like you get out early to go do something or you got to go under the lights and uh, play some football, which is always exciting in the high school sport realm.
0: Yeah, quick look at some of the area of volleyball action from this past week. Good week for Maryville volleyball on Monday. They they ended up falling to Benton in two sets, losing 25 to 23 in both of them. Morgan Steckline had eight kills. Serena Sundell added four, and Kelsey Scott added three. Macy Lowe had seven digs and five assists. Then they bounced back Tuesday night. They traveled across state lines to Corning, Iowa, and they took on Southwest Valley. They defeated a, a really solid Timberwolf squad in five sets. The Spoofhounds won the first set. Southwest Valley rallied back and took sets two and three. So Maryville found themselves in a two-set to one deficit. They're able to take the fourth and fifth sets by a decisive the decisive set they won by a score of fifteen to eleven. A uh, really thrilling match there. And some notable stats for the Spoofhounds. Serena Sundell's stat line of twelve kills, twelve digs, and two aces. Both of those aces came in that fifth and final set. Kelsey Scott added 5 kills, 4 blocks, and 2 aces. Josie Pitts, 18 assists and 2 aces. Macy Lowe with 6 digs, 5 assists, and 2 blocks in the win. The Spoofhounds are now 4-1 and one on the season. By the time you hear this, they will have played against LeBlanc. The show a couple days pre-recorded, but that game is slated for... Thursday evening, so not a bad week for spoof out volleyball. They go one and one, but they, they compete really well with Benton, and then they're able to travel across the state lines, and they take on a, a really, really solid Southwest Valley team, and they get the win. Uh, got to think they're pretty happy with the way their week has gone so far.
1: Oh, yeah. It's, it can only, I guess, get even, like, any better. Like, see how they play. With yeah, the thing. only
0: thing that could have got better is if they would have been able to eke out that close one against that's Benton. That's true. That that's, is true. That's the only and way it would have got better.
1: Still, I mean, it's still a great game to watch in uh, volleyball. Seriously, if it's that close, I mean, you're on your toes the entire time. Even the, the fans, even the players out there are more invested into that.
0: Some other area of volleyball scores from Tuesday night in particular. Bedford defeated Lennox in five sets thanks to a 15-13 victory in the fifth set. That was in Iowa. East Atchison got the win over South Holton two sets. Rockport defeated Mountain City in two sets. And West Nottaway defeated Union Star in two sets. Let's take a look at some of the football action from last week. We'll begin with the 275 conference where there were five different games in that conference. And, uh, Kramer, we kind of saw some things in week one. And now after two weeks, you get to know a little bit more about these teams.
1: Yeah, it's uh, I, I feel like right now I feel like I know a lot more, including the eight-man like idea of playing football because I'm more traditional with the 11, 12, not 12, 11-man <laughs> on there. Are you from Canada? I'm from Canada, eh? <laughs> no, but uh, I, w- I was at the East Atchison game, and uh, it was, like, from my perspective on it, it went fast. Like, that's a good thing about eight-man football games. They go fast. It's fast-paced, high scoring. It's a lot of scoring. And I, I truly like what this conference is. I mean, you know, it goes one way every single week, it seems like. But then again, it's all back and forth, it seems like.
0: Quick look at the scores from the 275. As Kramer alluded to, East Atchison picks up a 58 to nothing victory over Northwest Nottaway. They were led by Bryson Bywater, who had 215 yards rushing and four scores on just nine carries. We will hear from East Atchison head coach Aaron Barons here in a little bit. Rockport defeated Platte Valley 68-22. They had a big night from Gavin Abbott, who had over 200 yards rushing and five touchdowns. Mountain City, the team many people think is the favorite to win the 275. They went out and took it to a pretty good Stewardsville team by a score of 66 to nothing. They held Stuartsville to just four yards rushing. It was 20-0 after the first quarter, and then Mound City poured it on in the second quarter with 46 total points to bring the final score to 66-0. Southwest Livingston, they defeated South Holt, Nottaway Holt, 68-22, and DeCab defeated Chill thirty-four 34-6. Quick look at your standings through two games in the 275 Conference. Some teams have played two conference games. A couple of teams have only played one conference game. Rockport, Mound City, and Southwest Livingston are all 2-0 in this season and 2-0 in conference play. East Atchison and Stuartsville are 1-1 on the season and 1-1 in conference play. DeCab, 1-1 on the season, 0-1 in conference play. South Holt, Nottaway Holt, Platte Valley, and Northwest Nottaway are all 0-2 in the season. South Holt, Nottaway Holt is 0-1 in conference play. Platte Valley and Northwest Nottaway both 0-2. But those two teams will play each other this week, so one of them will get a win. Kramer, as you said, you were in Northwest Nottaway, Burlington Junction, technically on Friday night for that game. And just kind of a, a really explosive first half from East Atchison. It looked like,
1: uh, it, seriously, it took them, I think three plays to score, a couple, a few touchdowns. They also got, um, a, uh, a safety as well. It just seems like they were just firing on all cylinders. They came, came into town and they left I yeah, mean, it's, pretty quickly. It's, it's, it, pretty quickly. Yes. Um, uh, it was a very good game to watch. Uh, Defense-wise, for both teams, I know, I know uh, Northwest Nottaway, I know they put up 58 against them. They still, and in heading into like the final of the second quarter, they their defense was still standing strong. Like they were still out there. They're still trying to perform their best and everything. Uh, honestly, showed heart.
0: Yeah, and this is a Northwest Nottaway team that I, I think the scoreboard at times this year might not indicate the how well they're going to play. Not not the greatest turnout for them. Um, as far as as kids they have out-wise. They, they battled the numbers game the last couple of years. Also, the the fifth head coach in five years for them with Anthony Christian at the helm now, so maybe kind of getting used to I think it's a team we could see playing a little bit better by the end of the year, and it, it just kind of was unfortunate for them that they ran into an East Atchison team that was coming off of a very close loss to Southwest Livingston when there's a lot of people that believe East a- this could be the year for East Atchison to make a run and win the conference. So I think it was just kind of a a wrong place, wrong time thing for Northwest Nottoway. But they get the chance to bounce back this week against Platte Valley. Um, Like we said, Rockport defeated Platte Valley. They looked. Platte Valley actually hung with Rockport for about the first half or so. I believe it was a 16-point game at halftime. And we've seen that with Rockport. It seems like they've played better in the second half than they have in the first half. But then again, they lost a lot from last year with with their star quarterback, J.C. Hughes and Ryan Dewhurst. And I think we're still seeing some of those kids get more accustomed, and this is a team that I think is going to be really interesting down the road. And then Southwest Livingston, 2-0 and on the year. We all thought Mountain City would probably be 2-0, and and they are. So this conference is still, I think it's probably a, a four-cat race between Rockport, Mountain City, Southwest Livingston. I'm not counting on East Atchison. But it's going to be really interesting, especially in a couple of weeks when we get East Atchison and Rockport taking each other on in what they call the Atchison County Super Bowl. So it'll be really interesting for that one, a lot of big games this month in 8-man, not only in the 275, but the Grand River Conference as well, and also in an 11-man with the Midland Empire Conference. We do have some coaches lined up for you today on This Week in High School Sports. Here in just a moment, we're going to hear from the head coach at East Atchison, Aaron Behrens. Then we'll go to the Grand River Conference and talk to you Stanbury head coach Shane Hilton. And Towards the end of the show, we will talk with the man in charge, of the Maryville Spoof Hound Program, head coach Matt Webb. So why don't we go ahead and play that interview with East Atchison head football coach Aaron Barons earlier this week, as he was kind enough to join us on This Week in High School Sports.
2: Welcome back into This Week in High School Sports on X106. It's now time for our first coach's corner of the show. And for our first one, we go to the 275 conference and make the trek over the Tarquio-Fairfax area where we talk with the head coach of East Atchison Wolves, Coach Aaron Barons. Coach, how's it going today?
3: Good well, good well.
2: Good. Just kinda of talk about last Friday night. You guys come out against Northwest Nataway and you guys were really able to get things going early in a fifty eight to nothing halftime win. Uh, what are some of the takeaways from that game?
4: Uh always did a good job bouncing back after um we had a couple on the week before against up Livingston. Uh Northwest is kind of in a position uh like we were in a couple years ago. They're they're playing a lot of young guys and um uh, so you know they're gonna they're going to take some lumps this year, and we were able to kind of get it going early. Bryson Bottle Hunter had a really good game on the ground for us, and, um, you know, we kind of got things back on track, hopefully, going into next week.
2: You mentioned how it was important for you guys to bounce back to a loss. You go back to a couple weeks ago, you guys got in a shootout with Southwest Livingston and came up a little bit short. How uh, how important was it for you guys to be able to bounce back with an impressive one like that? Very,
4: very important. Uh, talking to the boys, all week just kind of hitting reset after, after the week before and making sure that, that one loss didn't, didn't affect two games. And, uh, they did a really good job responding. We had a really physical week of practice, uh, letting them beat on each other a little bit. So, you know, get some frustrations out and it really showed when we, when we got to play on Friday.
2: You mentioned Brighton
4: Bywater having a, a big
2: game on Friday night, nine rushes, 215 yards and and four touchdowns. Was that part of a game plan going in to feed him a lot? Or and were you surprised to see the performance he had Friday night?
4: Surprised? No. He he's a guy going in every game. Uh we, we know what we're gonna get from him. He's a really hard runner. Uh he's his vision's getting a lot better. Uh he's made big strides in, in that. And uh he's just a guy that, that we know we can rely on. He doesn't doesn't miss a lot of snaps for us on offense. And so, you know, He's a very good compliment to to our quarterback, um, Jake McEnany, who who also had a, a solid game and, and can win games for us with his arm. But uh, we want to run the ball first and foremost, and Bryson's a huge part of that.
2: You mentioned Jake Mac- McEnany and you guys also kind of a three-headed monster with Bywater and Gage Adams. Just kind of talk about, I'm sure as a coach, maybe it makes your job a little bit easier when you have those guys with the veteran leadership and the experience that they have.
4: Absolutely. they played a, a lot of football between I mean, Jake Gage, Garrett Meyer. Uh, those kids have, have like I said, you know, they took one freshman, sophomore being out there on varsity. And, you know, it, it really shows they're comfortable. Uh, all of them have, have bought in. Um uh, Garrett Meyer's another, another senior. He, he really paid a price in the weight room this summer and he's come out and he's really, uh, improved and been a rock for us on, on offense and defense. Um, just it's fun having those guys because they, they know us, they know our scheme, they know what we're trying to do, and um, they can come off the field and, and tell us what they're seeing to kind of help us through the game too. So it's, it's good having those guys.
2: Anytime you have a running back that puts up the numbers like Bryson Bywater did on Friday night, that normally means that there was a really good offensive line play paving the way. Who were some of those guys on the front line that were paving the way for Bryson on Friday night?
4: Absolutely, and you know they they don't always get the the credit they deserve. Uh, Ian Hedlund, who has played running back for us last year, um, just he's he's too big to be in the backfield anymore, so he's he's at left guard. And then uh, Wyatt Gray is a, a senior for us, as one of our captains and leaders. He's at right guard, and then uh, Ashton Year and Keaton Williams both will play play center, and, and all four of them kind of rotate around, and they did a they did a solid job for us.
2: You guys looking ahead to this week, you have
4: South Holt not away Holt. They're 0-2 on the season, but
2: they've played a, a really good Worth County team. We we're able to hang with them for a while, and then I don't have to tell you how good Southwest Livingston is, Giving you guys in week one. Uh, just kind of what are you expecting
4: from South Holt not away Holt, coming into this week? Coach Peterson will have them ready to play. You know, they, they're they 0-2, but, you know, just watching film today with the boys, just kind of letting them know, hey, that's just a numbers because they're going to come in. They're physical. They'll run. They'll hit you. Um, they like to spread the ball around a little bit. Their quarterbacks, their quarterbacks solid. They have two really good receivers and a, a really good running back. Um, so they're going to be, it's, it's a tough test. And, you know, they've, they've taken their lumps with fourth county might win state again. And then, you know, going over Southwest Livingston playing, obviously, is not very easy. Um, I got I got a lot of respect for Coach Peterson and what they do up there, so they, he'll definitely have them ready to go. I talked to Rockport head coach Ross Haskard last week, and he said he felt like the 275 conference this year,
2: top to bottom, might be as good as it's been in a long time. Is that kind of the assessment around the entire conference this year from the
4: coaches? Absolutely. Uh, teams you know, that, that struggled last year, like Flat Valley and DeKalb, uh, they have taken big strides and gotten quite a bit better, and I feel like our uh, the middle of our conference uh, is getting closer to to the top, and so it's kind of um, it's going to be it's going to be fun. It's just a lot more competitive at the top with, with Mount Tigger Rock Lord, Livingston, how will hold us? I mean, I feel like any of those teams can beat each other any any given week. And so, you know, watching scores every week should be kind of fun as we get through the season.
2: Kind of an interesting month of September for you guys. You get settled, not only the Calves to start the month, and then at the end of the month you get two big ones with Rockport and Mound City. The consensus coming this year was that it was probably going to be you guys, Rockport and Mound City, contending for the 275 title. Now, how important is it to not overlook these next two matchups going into those final two matchups in the month?
4: Well, it, it's kind of something we've talked about with the boys. And um, until we earn something, you know, it, we can't really take anyone for granted. Uh, we we haven't gotten to the point where we've, we've hung any sort of conference or anything banner, and so it, it's not hard keeping our boys focused on on the task at hand. Um, you know, if, if we were going to have kind of a letdown last week, that probably would have been it. And they came out focused and ready to go, and, you know, which was encouraging for me. And, you know, our focus right now is the South Olly Hole getting through that game, hopefully coming out with a win, and then and then we'll progress this season.
2: Talking to East Atchison head coach South Fulton Notaway Holt. This is Wolves. Or Wolf. head coach East Atchison head coach Aaron Barrons. Excuse me. if He will take on South Fulton Notaway Holt this weekend. Coach, thank you for your time. Best of luck Friday night, and we'll talk to you again down the road. I appreciate it, right, sir. Thanks. All right, that's East Atchison head coach Aaron Barrons here on this week in high school sports. We're going to take a real quick break. You're listening to KVLX 106 LP Maryville.
0: Welcome back to This Week in High School Sports. Trevor Mader, Kramer, Sansone with you recapping all the action from the 275 Conference, Grand River Conference, and Midland Empire Conference. We just heard from East Atchison Head Coach Aaron Barons Here in a little bit, we will hear from Stanbury Head Coach Shane Hilton, but let's go ahead and take a look at the scores from the Grand River Conference on Friday night. Worth County, they went across the state lines to, to Bedford, Iowa, and they took it to the Bulldogs 70-12 as they are the defending state champions are now 2-0 on the season. King City, they kept up their, their dominant performances so far this season with a 86-22 win over Northwest Hughesville. Stanbury defeated Albany 58-20. Big night from Trey Sheeber. He had 202 yards and four touchdowns on just 11 carries. North Andrew defeated St. Joe Christian 36-6. Jaden Baker had 100 yards and a score. Ryan Wilms found the end zone twice and racked up 50 yards on the ground. And the Cardinals are now 1-1. Pattonsburg is 2-0 in the season after a 58-12 win over Bramer. So Worth County, King City, Stanbury, North Andrew, and Pattonsburg all pick up wins. And all of them except North Andrew are now 2-0 on the season. And uh, there's some really, really good teams in the top of the GRC this year, Kramer.
1: It just, it's, it's like they're all well put together, it seems like, and they know when to basically turn it on in order to win these games. I mean, of course, these games are high-scoring, but it just seems like the teams that we expect to win are winning. And, I mean, the teams that like, we didn't know they could pretty much be like this are doing this trick right now.
0: Yeah, and I think you can always expect Stanbury and North Andrew. Those are the powerhouses in Missouri 8-man football. They have been for a long time. Worth County in the past couple of years has really came along, and then King City's been an interesting yes. one. Uh, they made North Andrew look pretty silly a couple of weeks and ago. That's, and that's
1: one of the teams that I, I was very surprised about being 2-0 right now. They beat North Andrew. It's like this could be one of those one teams that could just pretty much just have that trigger, like let him go, and then they keep on winning the rest of the season.
0: And they've got a, a big one with Stanbury this weekend. Uh, a lot of people think Stanbury is the team to beat in 8-man this year with the duo of Cole Durbin and, and Trey Sheeber in the backfield for the Bulldogs, an experienced team. Uh, interesting kind of battle there is Stanbury tends to, to ground it out a lot more. They've aired the ball out a little bit more in, than they have in years past. And then King City, they're not afraid to fling it and sling it. We'll see what the weather looks like on Friday. Right now looking at it, playing conditions might not be – the greatest, so that could potentially fra- favor a team like Stanbury that wants to ground it and pound it a little bit more.
1: And if even with the, the slight chance of the it not raining, we can honestly like expect King City to try to get that throwing game quickly before it does start raining for that night. Because I know it's going to be raining all week. Yeah. But still, it, the ball gets wet, you can't throw it.
0: Yeah, and it depends what the field looks like too. And then Pattonsburg's been a quiet two and zero with wins over St. Joe Christian and Bramer, respectively, as they picked up the win. They are one of the four teams that are undefeated. A quick look at the Grand River Conference standings. Worth County is 2-0, but they have yet to play a conference game as their two wins came over South Holt and Ottaway Holt, who's in the 275 Conference, and Bedford, who is in Iowa. So obviously they're not in the GRC. Stanberry is 2-0 on the season with wins over Bramer and also the win last week over Albany. Actually, they're 1-0 in Conference no, they're two and zero in conference play. Excuse me, King City two and zero overall, one and zero in conference play with that win over at North Andrew. Pattonsburg two and zero overall, two and zero in conference play. North Andrew is one and one overall and also one and one in conference play. Albany one and one overall. They lost this past weekend to Stanbury. in their first conference game. Saint Joe Christian and Bramer. Are both zero and two on the season with both losses coming in conference play. St. Joe Christian does have a bye coming up this week, so I I, I never had the chance to experience a bye in Iowa high school football because we don't have those. But you got to think for a team like St. Joe Christian, early in the season an zero and two start a bye might actually be a really good thing for them and maybe they can come back with, with some momentum and work on some things through the off through the bye week.
1: This might be a jump start for St. Joe Christian. i coming into a bye. You need to practice hard. You can have that relaxing day on Friday to like, like look back, maybe or possibly a watch to scout other, the the next opponent. Exactly as coming up in their schedule. I mean, they have to win some of these conference games in order yeah. to, I mean, give them credible chance of this conference.
0: Yeah, when you look at the top of this conference, Worth County, Stanbury, King City, I think that's probably the top three. Don't count out Pattonsburg yet. Right now, is they're two and zero overall. Um, King City had the the tough draw this year. If you know they got Stanbury, Worth County, and North Andrew all on the road. They showed like, a couple weeks ago they could go out and beat North Andrew at their own place. They're gonna see if they can do it against Stan, Stanbury on Friday night, and that is one I am super excited for.
1: As as as, as I as am I as I should say I, English is hard okay, for English us English is very hard for us. Um, also, I'm ready to see Worth County play some conference games and see how legitimate they are in their division.
0: Yeah, and this is an interesting Worth County team because last year they had kind of a, a duo of, of Tevin Cameron and Ryan McClellan, and they had some some hosses on the offensive line. Well, those guys are all gone. Kind of a younger team, but Caleb Parman's been playing really well for them. He's had two 100-yard games. They've been able to force some turnovers. And uh, they held a, a Bedford team that I think is going to score a lot of points in Iowa to just 12 points, and all those points were in the first half. They scored, I believe, 40 unanswered on the Bulldogs. So. Good win for the Tigers on Friday night. They will begin conference play this Friday with a matchup against 0-2 Bramer. We'll look more ahead to the GRC later on in this show, but I think it is time for another Coach's Corner as we are going to head to Stanbury and catch up with the head coach of the Bulldogs who are 2-0 on the season right now. And many people have ranked as the top team in Class 8, man. So let's hear from Stanbury head coach Shane Hilton on This Week in High School Sports.
2: Welcome back to This Week in High School Sports on X106. It's now time for another coach's corner. And for This one, we're going to go to the Grand River Conference and Stanbury. We're on the phone with their head football coach, Shane Hilton. Coach, how are you today?
3: Doing good, doing good. How are you? I'm
2: doing great. Just kind of talk about these first two games for you guys. You go out against Bramer and Albany both, and you pick up two really impressive wins. Uh, What are some of your takeaways from the first two games?
3: You know, obviously we're just trying to kind of get everybody in the right spot, you know, and figure out what we want to do. Um, Offensively, we've we've been hitting on all cylinders pretty well, and we should. We have most of our you know, back from last year on that side of the ball. Um, Defensively, I think we're getting there. You know, we've got a lot of new bodies and kind of moving them around, and um, you know, it's been nice to have a couple of games where, you know, especially Albany, you know, they, they moved the ball against us and we were able to to get a, a chance to try some different things and see what works.
2: Is there any one particular thing that you guys are trying to improve on not only this week, but going forward the rest of the season?
3: Uh, you know, the focus this week, and it hasn't worked out real well with the weather, has been special teams. Um, ours have not been very impressive the first couple of weeks. Um, you know, and we just haven't had a, we haven't had, spent enough time on them. You know, that's on us as a coaching staff. Um, to, to refocus on that and, uh, you know, so we can improve on that as the year goes on.
2: You mentioned that you've returned a, a pretty experienced team, and uh, when you talk to Sandbury and the experience they returned, most people are going to think of Cole Durbin and, and Trey Schieber. Have you liked what you're, you've seen from those guys here in the first couple games?
3: Yeah, for sure, you know. Um, you know, Cole's kind of different role for him so far this year, not even by plan necessarily, but uh, he's done most of his damage through the air. And, you know, of course, Trey um, – You know, running the ball for his fourth year that he's in a row starting, you know, you know what you're getting with him and, um, you know, a couple other guys with Ruben Gage running the ball, stepping up, it's been, it's been a good start.
2: Anytime you guys can have the production kind of through the air and on the ground that you've had, that normally means your offensive line is playing really well. Who's been some of those offensive linemen up front that have been paving the way for the offensive power the first couple of weeks?
3: Uh, You know, we've got a center, Grady Matson, and it's his first year as a, as a true starter. He's got several reps the last few years. and then Zach Oldham is our, our left guard. and He started for about oh, a year and a half, uh, via injuries. And then we've got a, uh, a freshman at the other guard, Austin Colvin, and, uh, probably the biggest one of the bunch, you know, and those three work really well together. And the older guys taking care of the young guys. So it, it's been, it's been nice for us. And, and really in our offense, um, it, it stretches out to the tight ends, um, cause we, with what we do, they do a lot of blocking. And, you know, we've got Colin Sager and Hunter Johnson and, and Cameron Wallace, um, and Brian Medina. We've got a, Four-man rotation at tight end. They've done an excellent job as well.
2: I don't have to tell you how tough the, the GRC is. You already know that. And you look at you guys in Worth County. And North Andrews had a lot of success over the past couple of years. King City is off to a hot start. So just kind of how do you project this conference going forward this year?
3: Oh, it's tough. Tough as always. You know, since it, it kind of got together a few years ago, um, you know, you take a look around and, and with, you know, a few teams here and there around the other eight-man football especially, Um most of them are, are centered in the GRC, you know, and that's, that's great because you don't, know, nobody wants to play games where it's, you know, 50 to nothing and there's not much competition. So, um, you make it through the GRC season and, you know, get into playoffs and you're, you're ready to roll.
2: You guys have
3: had some lofty expectations from, from a lot of
2: people coming into this season, which isn't, Necessarily something that Stanbury isn't used to. You guys are pretty used to that. How do you keep your team grounded year in and year out with the expectations to contend not only for a conference title but for a state title?
3: You know, it's pretty easy. They they pretty well take care of that themselves. You know, when you've got kids that have played on those teams, uh, you know, and some of them multiple teams, they're not going to let those younger guys take for granted, you know, where they how they got here, and they're going to you know continue to work as hard as they can, you know, and push each other um, with that one end goal in sight, you know, and. Um, some people might think it's, you know, maybe arrogant or whatever you want to say, but you know, the message we have around here is end the season on a win, and you know, there's only one way to do that.
2: Yeah, and that's to to win a state. Tyler, you guys have a big game coming up this weekend against the King City team. that's got off to a really hot start. They're two and zero with an impressive win over North Andrew in week one. Uh, what have you seen from this King City team, and what are you expecting from them on Friday night?
3: Well, I'm expecting them to throw the ball a whole bunch. You know, they've got good receivers, lots of speed, um, you know, and they, they they wing it around quite a bit. Colin Breckenridge, a quarterback, he's he's solid, he's polished, Um, you know, he will run the ball and hurt you there if he if he needs to, um or if he wants to, but he'll stay in the pocket as long as he can and, and we're gonna you know have our hands full running around covering the, their speed um, you know, for our, for four quarters.
2: You mentioned that they like to swing the ball a lot but they can also go to it on the ground. Looking at the weather for Friday night, it looks like as it's been most of the week, there's a good chance of rain. Do you think maybe weather could play a factor in the game for both sides?
3: I think it will, you know. And, I, I mean, the way it's, it stands right now, you know, we're not going to get dry by Friday because I think it's going to keep raining and it's going to be pretty sloppy, Um you know, which isn't ideal no matter what, you know, it doesn't really benefit a team. You know, everyone always says that will benefit the running teams. But, <clears throat> excuse me, I think it really doesn't benefit anybody. You know, it's just – it makes it more risky for injury and it makes it – uh yeah, you know, this is a sloppy type of ball game, and um, unfortunately, we can't do anything about that.
2: Talking to Stanbury head football coach Shane Hilton, the Bulldogs are off to a 2 and 0 start on the season, and they will take on King City on Friday night in Stanbury, another team that is off to a 2 and 0 start. Coach, thank you for your time today, and best of luck to you Friday night and the rest of the season, and we'll talk to you down the road. I right, Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, that is Shane Hilton, head coach of the Stanbury Bulldogs. We're going to take a real quick break on This Week in High School Sports. You're
1: listening to X106. Welcome back to This Week in High School Sports. I'm Kramer Sandstone alongside Trevor Mader. Let's get into the Midland Empire Conference scores that has happened as there was a lot of action as well. No conference games as of yet. But to start us off, uh, Maryville defeated Harrisonville 36-0. Tyler Houchin had 100 yards rushing, a score, and an interception on defense. The spoofhound defense held Harrisonville to just 138 total yards. That is a not so much a lot of yards for a team for only 138. I mean,
0: yeah, pretty pretty good night for them defensively. Definitely after you go back to the week before, they gave up 38 points to Blair Oaks. They're able to cramp down. I believe it was 62 yards pass, passing and 76 yards rushing that they gave up, and they they jumped out to a 16 nothing lead early in the first quarter and. Uh had a thirty six nothing lead at the end of the third quarter, and we just kind of able to coast. I know Coach Webb was incredibly happy with the way his team played. I uh, felt the offensive line played a lot better. We're gonna hear from them a little bit hear from him a little bit later on in the show, but a good win for the spoofhounds I believe that's fifty three wins in a row at the hound pound and uh no, they w-
1: they don't lose at the hound pound yeah. they don't
0: and I was gonna say they will get a play there again this Friday, however. That game, due to the the weather that has kind of swept through Maryville this week and all of northwest Missouri, that game has been moved to Bearcat Stadium as they will take on Chillicothe to begin conference play. You can hear that game on X106. It will be Wyatt Bell and Colton Emsweiler on the call. And as a reminder, we'd like to thank Nottoway Valley Bank, the official sponsor of Maryville spoofhound football and X106. For more information, visit online at nvbank.com. Uh, Kramer, let's roll through the rest of those MEC scores.
1: All right, so Excelsior Springs uh, beat Benton 35-0. to East Buchanan defeated Bishop LeBlanc 46-12. Cameron got another win as they beat Kansas City East 24-8. Kirksville defeated Chillicothe 41-0. Lafayette defeated Central 20-13. Pleasant Hill defeated Savannah 39-25. St. Pius took over St. Uh, Michael the Art. Is it St. Michelle? St. Michael the Archangel. Saint That's a, the it's a tough Archangel. one to say. St. Michael the Archangel, 36-25. Once again, St. Pius winning that game.
0: Yeah, kind of a – just real quick here. You know, the week before, only two teams picked up wins in the MEC, and that was Lafayette and Cameron. On Friday night, they went 4-4. Four for four. Those two teams went to 2-0 in the season. Not, I wouldn't say I'm surprised to see those teams at two and 0 but I'm not sure they would have been the two that I would have expected if you told me that two of them would be two and Um, Maryville also picking up a win, as did Saint Pius the tenth.
1: So I'm I'm just very surprised that Cameron is two and 0 in the season. Yeah, and, and I'm very happy for him.
0: Yeah, and that, I mean that's awesome for for the Dragons who had not won a game in three years. Now they've they've won two games in a row. We'll see if that can parlay into some luck. I wouldn't even say luck, some success. Mm-hmm in conference play as they will host St. Pius 10th this weekend. Uh, conference play is not yet started, but uh, let's take a look at those overall standings so far, Kramer, in the Midland Empire Conference.
1: So the overall standings right now, Cameron's uh, in first place at 2-0. Lafayette's right behind them as well as 2-0. The only two teams in that conference that have not lost a game yet, we'll see at the end of this week, we'll end up tonight. Um, Maryville is 1-1, one and, one, and they are third. St. Pius 10th is 1-1, one and, one, and they're fourth. Fifth is Benton. They're 0-2. Savannah's 0-2 as well behind them. Then goes Bishop LeBlanc as well as they are 0-2. Then Chillicothe is 0-2 as well. So there's a lot of uh, teams in the conference of the MEC that still have not had that chance to win, but that can always switch when conference plays goes on.
0: Yeah, and they'll start conference play this week. It's around As most conferences are, it's a round-robin style. Everybody plays everybody. Um, We'll look at the schedule here in just a little bit. I want to go back to this Chillicothe-Maryville matchup. Uh, It's Coach Webb said it himself a little bit of a rivalry you know he kind of dated it back to even when he was in high school that it seemed like it always means something and uh, this is a Chillicothe team that's taken a couple of bumps early on the season they lost last week to a pretty good Kirksville team by a score of 41 to nothing but you got to remember they beat Maryville last year in Chillicothe so they know what it takes to beat the spoofhounds now this even coach Webb would tell you this is a different spoofhound team than last year but even then that was a team that went on to win a state championship, so Interesting matchup, and I think the fact that it's going to be played at Bearcat Stadium makes it kind of cool it, too.
1: Exactly, how cool is it? A rivalry game being played at Bearcat Stadium for pretty much it's a good thing. I mean, I know they want to play at home at the Hound Pound, but it's like being able to play at Bearcat Stadium, there's a different level, and I feel like they're just going to feel like going to come and, in and pretty much wreck shop. I guess and, I don't know. And you got
0: to think too if you're if you're a Spoo fan, um having grown up probably watching Northwest Missouri State and going to Bearcat games and maybe even dreaming of one day playing for the Bearcats, how cool was it to get to play a college game on that, or a high school game yeah. on a college field? I mean, to me, that's that's pretty awesome. So, yeah. uh, obviously, it wasn't the way it was planned. The game originally intended to be played at the Hound Pound, but with the weather that's kind of rolled through this week and it, it just sounds like the, the playing conditions were not favorable and uh, props to everyone at Northwest Missouri State as well as, uh, Maryville and Athletic Director Matt Bue for having a, a backup plan and a really
1: good one at that. As you mentioned, it like like having that dream to be able to play in a college stadium, I would say. And you'll, you're probably going to see someone step up that you haven't seen them step up recently. In and order, I think, and I think we're going to see that at Maryville a lot. This exactly. Year. Um, it's just there's so much talent on this team, and it's just all around.
0: Yeah, so you'll definitely want to keep an eye on that one. Is by the time you listen to this, we're approaching kickoff. About 30, 45 minutes away, Wyatt Bell and Colton M. Swiler will have the call for you from Bearcat Stadium as Chillicothe is in town to take on the Spoo Spoofown head coach Matt Webb was kind enough to join us on This Week in High School Sports. And why don't we go ahead and hear from the old ball coach at Maryville as this is Maryville head coach Matt Webb on This Week in High School Sports.
2: Welcome back into this week in high school sports on X106. We are now joined by the head football coach of the Maryville school found, Matt Webb. Coach, how are you doing today?
4: Doing well. Thanks for having me on.
2: Yeah, no problem. Just kind of talk about Friday night. I know the goal is always to go 1-0 and each week. And last Friday night, you guys go out against a good Harrisonville
4: team, and you're able to go 1-0 and this week. Let's talk about that. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was obviously uh, one of those games where it was our home opener, so there's a lot of excitement this time of year. Um, that's, that's always, uh, you know, a unique experience to, to have a home opener and, and, um, you know, fans were, you know, amazing as always. And what we call the hound pound, we were able to, to extend our home winning streak to 54 straight football games. And, and, uh, that's, uh, something we're very proud of, our home, uh, home, home stadium. Uh, you know, Harrisonville came in and, and there's a lot of newness to, uh, to that because of, uh. No, you know, they're not a, an opponent we've we've faced in a long time. And, you know, to add to that, you know, Maryville had never beaten Harrison, Harrisonville um, through the years. I mean, they've uh both two very historic and, you know, successful football programs, and Mar- Maryville Maryville's never been able to beat them. So our kids are very motivated and excited to play and uh, came out so other night and it was a 15 victory. What were uh, some of the things that you liked from your team on Friday night? Well, I like the way, you know, our goals uh, going into last week um, were basically, number one, we wanted to execute better and we wanted to apply the things that um, we talk about during the week uh, in practice and, and in, in our schemes, you know, we wanted to, to see a better execution. That was our first goal and I think we did that, uh, both offense, defense, and special teams. We we blocked better, we tackled better, uh, you know, we did the things that we talked about the process, what it takes to win games, but, um, whether that's field position or kicking game or Two-point conversions, there's a lot of fundamentals that go into all that, and uh, that was our first goal. The second goal is we wanted to play harder. You know, We wanted to play with more effort um, <clears throat> and uh, you know, make a show on the field, and, and we did that in all three phases. I think I saw some guys blocking downfield better last week on offense and getting those extra blocks to kind of spring some long runs. Um, on defense, I think we all ran into the football better, tackled better those individual things. We played harder. And third, we wanted to operate as a program better. We wanted to have better substitution. We wanted to have better communication. You know, all those things that, uh, you know, we think we can operate better. So, I think we're accomplished all three of our goals. Five rushing touchdowns on Friday night. Two from Eli Dallas, two from Tyler
2: Housen, and one from Connor Wright. you kind of talk about how the ground attack was working on Friday night?
4: Well, I think it was something that, you know, all three of those guys that, that scored touchdowns are the first ones do give credit to the offensive line up front. You know, at least in years past in our program and part of that. You know, those words and those words we talk about tradition of graduates. Is, is we're, we're very proud of our offensive line play and what they produce up front and, 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 how they open up holes and block our schemes. And, and that was very evident the other night. And you know, I think it starts up front that all three of those guys are very talented. If you get in the they can um, take it to the end zone and, and uh, lead our team in rushing.
2: Defense pitched a shutout allowed less than 140
4: yards of offense
2: uh, one week after. A- a shootout with Blair Oaks. So I'm guessing you really like the way your defense progressed this week?
4: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, again, I, I touched on it earlier. Uh, we operated better, you know, we executed better. We were able to get off the field on third down a couple times and, and create them, you know, get them in situations where it was third and long instead of third and one or two, uh, where you can kind of hold the cards and getting our kids to understand that is, is how we've been able to have successful defenses in the past and, and, uh, you know, defensive football is, is kind of something that you know has been my side of the football that I've worked on for over 22 years, and, and I promise that there's not a lot of secrets to it. Um, when you watch it, when you watch a football game from the stands, um, you can see a lot of creative defenses and a lot of exotic blitzes and different things. But you know, we think it comes down to three simple things. You know, number one, you've got to you got to play great technique. Uh, you got to line up with horizontal leverage. You got to be able to cover the formations and tempos that you're seeing in today's, you know, football games, whether that's an option look or whether that's a spread look, which we've seen two now in two different proponents. And the second thing is you've got to tackle really well individually. You got to be great individual tacklers. Um, and you got to work on the technique behind tackling safely. There's a, a common buzzword today that football is dangerous and things like that. And, uh, we don't believe it. I think the good programs, um, teach tackling safely, and then the game of football has never, has never been in safer hands um, because of uh, what's going on out there and, and the, the miscommunication that's being said. But, but finally, you've got to be able to swarm to the football and create takeaways, and we were able to do that the other night. Swarm means 100% effort, everybody running to the football and corralling it with leverage and then uh, stripping the ball and getting the ball when it's in the air. So get creating takeaways for your offense. Looking ahead to this week, you guys will host Phil beginning conference
2: player. Just kind of what are you guys expecting from them? And are you going to – I'm guessing you're going to see the same effort from your team this Friday night?
4: Well, yeah, I don't think we we talk about same efforts. Um, I think what we talk about when, when you play a, a team like Phil is is uh, it really doesn't matter what the records are. You know, Phil is 0-2 right now, World War one And if you look at it from a media standpoint, you think that oh, whole America ought to win, you know, Joe they have not you know, really gotten their new offense that they're, that they're installing this year, uh, up and going. Um, it's a flex bone option type. If you want to compare it to a college level, you would look at Navy or Georgia Tech style of option, which is very difficult to defend. And then at the same time, it takes a lot of rhythm and timing. I still think they've had time and, and efforts with the new coaching staff to, to install that timing in that end, uh, uh, precision that that they'll eventually get to. Uh, but when you think of Maryville Chokazi you throw the records out of the rivalry football football game. Um, there's a lot of storied uh, moments. I remember uh, when I was in high school here you know twenty five years ago that you know there there are games in, in the out there that you know one program may be up, one program may be down, but you circle this game on your calendar every year because it's maryville Chokazi and our kids against each other in summer baseball. Uh, basketball leagues, conference races, and you know, all those things. It's, uh, two very similar communities that, that take a lot of pride in their football programs and, and how they, uh, you know, win. And, 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 you know, last year, obviously they beat us in the regular season week three and, and, um, basically stopped our consecutive, uh, win streak in the, in the regular season. And then we were able to get them to the, of the playoffs for our district championship and go on to state. But you throw those, uh, ball games away and it's a new year and a new team at the rival game. Talking to
2: Maryville head football coach Matt Webb. This is Blue Pounds. We'll face Chillicothe in Maryville on Friday night on a game you can hear on X106. Coach, thank you for your time today, and best of luck to you Friday night. We'll talk to you again down the road. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. That is Matt Webb. We're going to take a real quick break here on This weekend High School Sports on X106.
0: Welcome back into This weekend in High School Sports. Trevor major Kramer, Sansone here with you as we are close to game time all across Northwest Missouri. Make sure to stick around on X106 so you can catch the Chillicothe-Maryville-Spoofhound game that is slated to begin at 7 o'clock. This game being played at Bearcat Stadium. Wyatt Bell and Colton Emsweiler on the call as you can catch that game. A reminder, all Maryville-Spoofhound broadcasts on X106 are brought to you by Nottaway Valley Bank. For more information, visit online at nvbank.com. Why don't we go ahead and look through the schedule that's going to be rolling out here tonight across northwest Missouri. Start with the 275 conference. Southwest Livingston will travel to DeKalb. Stewartsville will travel to Rockport. Platte Valley will travel to Northwest Nottaway, both teams looking for their first win of the season. East Atchison will take on South Holt, Nottaway Holt. And in a battle of GRC versus 275, Albany and Mound City. That could be an interesting one as that game will be played in Mound City. So Decab Rockport, Northwest Nottoway, and South Holt Nottoway Holt, as well as Mountain City, the places to be tonight in the 275 Conference. Kramer, why don't we look at the Grand River Conference this week?
1: So in the Grand River Conference, uh, they have King City at Stanbury, Bramer at Worth County, and North Andrew at Pattsburg. And, uh, yes, that's the GRC coming for tonight, and see how the who wins, who doesn't win on that. Let's look into the MEC for uh, this week, uh, Chilcothe is at Maryville. Once again, that is being played here in about, I don't know, about 15 minutes, maybe kickoff time. Uh, something he, like that. Something like that, yeah. Uh, St. Pius X is at Cameron. Benton is at Lafayette. And Savannah is at Bishop LeBlanc for tonight.
0: Which of these games, whether it's 275, GRC, MEC, which one are you the most excited for? I have a feeling I know which way you're going to go, being a St. Joe boy.
1: Um, uh, I'm going with the Benton-Lafayette game. I'm a Lafayette grad. So it's always nice to have that rivalry with Benton, and they keep the keep the rivalry alive because I know uh, we swept them uh, a lot uh, when I was in college, not college, excuse me, in high school. So uh, it's always nice to see Lafayette beat Benton.
0: I'm going to go with King city Stanbury. Uh two teams that are getting a, a lot of love so far right now. They're, they're ranked up there in the top five, both of them. King City kind of maybe taking a, some people by surprise. They looked pretty good against North Andrew a couple weeks ago stanbury not taking anybody by surprise kind of a contrast of style stanbury likes to ground and pound it Uh, king city likes to sling it and fling it so that'll be an interesting one and we'll see if the weather plays a factor in this real quick before we let you go we'll take a look at the rankings from straight up sports the fine folks there putting together an eight-man ranking every single week not much change from this week to from last week to this week. Top, top seven remained the same. Actually top nine remained the same. Stanbury one, Worth County two, King City three, Mound City four, Pattonsburg five, Southwest Livingston six, Rockport seven, North Andrew eight, East Atchison nine. The only new face in the top ten are the Oric Bearcats as they cracked the top ten this week. Uh, yeah, just not a lot of changes in the poll so far through two weeks. So Kramer, any final thoughts before we get things ready to go? I know you're headed to Rockport tonight to take uh, to take in some action there. Uh, you've been there once, and you've seen that team. So well, what do you think you're going to see tonight?
1: Um, I actually want to see a really good game going back and forth. I uh, hope it's a nail-biter because uh, I haven't experienced one of those like as of yet on this eight-man scene, and I know those games get exciting, and they get hectic.
0: So Kramer will be in Rockport for Stewartsville at Rockport. We'll make sure to catch up with him next week on his recap of that game. But that'll do it for this week in high school sports on X106. We are just a handful of minutes away from kickoff between Chillicothe Coffee and Maryville. So soon we will be sending it to Bearcat Stadium with Wyatt Bell and Colton Emsweiler on the call. Huge thanks to our guests today, East Atchison head coach Aaron Barron, Stanberry Stanbury head coach Shane Hilton and Maryville head coach Matt Webb for being kind to join us. We'll make sure to have some more coaches lined up for you next week on This Week in High School Sports. Until then, you're listening to This Week in High School Sports on X106.